Hey everyone, this is Emil Wang, host of the Wang Bang Podcast. Before we get started on this episode, I just want to let you know that the next episode, me and a group of guys will be reviewing The Room, the infamous movie known as the best worst movie ever made. So definitely check it out. The review should be good. And now, Catholic Engaged Encounters. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to the ninth episode of the E-Wang Bang Podcast, Everyday Commentary by Everyday People. I know all my previous reviews have been about movies and basketball. As much as I'm sure you loved every second of those, I've decided to change gears for this episode and touch on something more personal. Now, as many of you know, I'm engaged to a lovely lady named Michelle, and while planning for our future lives together more or less has gone smoothly, I was surprised about commitments to faith. My family and friends could tell you I'm one godless motherfucker, and the girl I'm marrying is a committed Catholic. So you can only imagine what kind of reservations I had when I found out I had to go to a Catholic premarital counseling retreat for a weekend. Lucky for me, I have another very good friend of mine who is also getting married soon, who also had to partake in the very same premarital counseling session I speak of. I'm joined today by my very good friend, Tan Nguyen. How's it going, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me on your show. No worries. Now, Tan and I have known each other for four years. He's an avid book reader and reviewer. More on that in a later episode. He's a fellow Arrowverse enthusiast and someone I consider to, my, to be my spiritual consult. Am I, uh, am, I, am I missing anything else, Tan? I, I didn't realize that was your spiritual consult. <laughs> uh, so, very nice to hear. Tan will also be the officiant of my wedding come uh, come September. So a lot to look forward to. So a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the counseling retreat. There's actually a name for this in the Catholic Church. It's called the Catholic Engaged Encounter, and from the website, it's uh, described as an in-depth, private, personal marriage preparation experience within the context of Catholic faith and values. Catholic Engaged Encounter is a weekend retreat away with other engaged couples with plenty of time alone together to dialogue honestly and intensively about their perspective lives together, their strengths and weaknesses, desires, ambitions, goals, their attitudes about money, sex, children, family, their role in the church and society in a face-to-face way. So going into what our own personal understandings of this was, this was kind of dropped on me as a, hey, we got to do this. If the church is going to recognize our marriage one day, we have to go through some form of counseling, and this is the easiest way to do it. What did you know about this going to this, Tan? I I was exactly like you. I had no idea that there was a... uh, a retreat that I had to go to as well. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, I am Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school, and that included preschool, elementary school, grade school, high school. So college was really the first time I was ever in a public institution of education. And, uh, you know, it's something that it was just always a part of my life. 
I would say that I stopped practicing for a while, and currently I am somewhat practicing. Though I remember, I remember very much of the teachings that they kind of instill in us uh, all this time. And I also know that uh, Catholic retreats are something of a thing in our world, if, especially if you are very into that sort of thing. You actually know much more about it than I do. I, it, like I said, I was very surprised that I had to go through this. Uh, the person I am marrying is also not Catholic, and so we also probably have a very similar experience as a couple that you and Michelle are going through, uh, though you and I particularly might have different perspectives just because of our God or godless ways. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And yeah, it was funny because I, I, I do remember telling you about this. Uh, when I first found out about this, I was like, God damn it, Tan, like, why do we have to spend $500 to go, you know, go through this counseling retreat before we get married? And, and I remember you responding like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I, I, had, I had no idea what it was. I actually thought that Michelle was trying to trick you into something that you didn't have to do. <laughs> Little did I know. I also had to go through it, and I was very upset. Very yeah. upset. I had to give up a weekend. Yeah, and I remember you found out. I mean, like I was basically just told by Michelle, like, "Hey, we got to do this." Uh, but for you, it was a little different. I mean, you had to find out from your priest, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, my priest is a uh, a very generous description. I don't really have a priest the way Michelle might. Uh, it's like I said, I I go to church from time to time, the average is probably once a month at this point, so that is pretty generous even now. I basically learned about this when uh, we were going through the uh, wedding planning, and my parents, of course, are very uh, strong Catholic uh, participants in their church, meaning that not only did they go to church every weekend, but if there is a church function, uh, you can bet that my parents have planned all of it. Uh, they're they're really really big in their Catholic diocese or the Catholic parish uh, that we're part of. So, you know, basically, my dad really wants this to be a Catholic wedding, uh, meaning that the uh, Eucharist is going to be served at the ceremony. Is that the cracker? Yes, that is the cracker. That's correct. Uh, so, Emil might be referencing a joke that. Uh, non-Catholic people or non-Christian people might not understand. Uh, so we, in Catholicism, we believe that, you know, there's something called the Last Supper, uh, which an artist painted very famously. And basically, in that Last Supper, he Jesus broke bread and he said, this is my body. And Catholics believe that he literally meant it. He literally changed the bread into his body. And partaking in this supper every week at Mass grants us salvation, essentially. Uh, there's more to it than that. Uh, but that's the basic theme. So to the non-Catholic person who goes to church or mass every week, like my fiancé, they might notice that at the end of every mass, we eat a cracker every single week. And that is what, and that is what Catholics call the body of Jesus Christ, literally, <laughs> or a cracker. See, see, you can't say it without laughing either. <laughs> well, it's, it's really funny, yeah. of course. You know, it's good. It's good times. <laughs> so 
Now, to have a, so every week, every Sunday, people say they go to church. Essentially, the theme and the purpose is to receive the body of Jesus, which to the godless people are crackers. And there, of course, is a wedding ceremony where, you know, the bride and groom say, I love you forever and ever and la 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 la. If you want it to be a Catholic ceremony, there should be the body of Jesus presence as well or a ceremony or part of the ceremony in which we all receive the body of Jesus now I thought that was just standard fare right you go to the church you book a date you pay the deposit and you show up on time and that's it make sure you wear your tux and that's all I thought it was that's all. I thought that's all you had to do my dad drops the bomb and he says oh by the way uh, you have to talk to this priest and I said okay sure no problem it's one of his friends because he's super active in his community very cool and then that guy says, hey, you have to go on this retreat. Uh, and I would have to give a little background. I, get, I mentioned before, my fiance, Helen, is not Catholic. She's not Christian. And so Catholic faith is somewhat pretty strict about this, uh, depending on which priest you talk to. And the basic idea is if you want to get married within the church, both people have to be Catholic. Uh, and that's the, kind of a different topic as well. So my understanding was, well, since we are going to get married inside a church, that's fine. If we want to have a Catholic ceremony in which there is the body of Jesus slash the cracker, that's fine. And if you want to get consecrated within the church, meaning the actual marriage, is viewed in the eyes of the Pope and the Catholic Church as legitimate Catholic marriage, you have to have both people as Catholic, which is not my case, or your case, Emil. Mm -hmm. So from my perspective, why am I going on a retreat? That makes no sense to me. So the priest said, well, guess what? If you want to have the body of Jesus slash the cracker at your ceremony, then you better go on this retreat, which is one weekend long, and it's only once a weekend, and you have to pay money for it. Got to pay a lot of money for it. A, couple hundred a lot dollars. of money. That's yeah. correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Money and time, and definitely, yeah. When I found out about that, I was, I was livid. Uh, <laughs> and for for many of my friends out there who know this, I probably go to church almost once a week. I. And committed to bringing my fiance to Catholic Mass once a week, and to find out that not only do I have to continue doing that, I also have to commit a whole weekend of my time and my money to go into this retreat about something I really don't give a shit about. And by so, weekend, we are saying Friday evening, 6 p.m. Spend the night Friday night. Wake up Saturday morning, 7 a.m. Do prayer go through the entire Saturday day and evening doing random stuff through a booklet, spend the night Saturday night, Sunday morning, wake up, do more stuff, and then maybe they'll let you go Sunday afternoon. Right. That's what we define as weekend. So it was, I was also livid. I love that word. Livid is a very <laughs> accurate description of my feelings as well. Right. Especially since we're busy people and our, our wedding dates are approaching. We got a lot to plan and a lot of things to deal with and, you know, just the thought of needing to spend a whole weekend away really, uh, really, really was not appetizing. Um, 
And Same here. Yeah, but I, I think you know, we'll, we'll go into this. You and I went into it with similar attitudes. Uh, and just to add on to my experience, I actually had a really, really bad week at work where I was on site doing manual labor until 11, 11 at night, Monday through Thursday. So to cap off that week, I had to go partake in this Catholic counseling session. So I would say on a personal note, I went into this with a very poor attitude um, you know, and you, I think for people listening, you can read between the lines. I'm definitely not thrilled about being told that I have to accept religion into my life. And, you know, part of it, part of it would be on me, right? Part of it is I, I should have a better attitude going into these things. It It is a big part of my fiance's life. It's a big part of how she grew up. And I, I should understand that, you know, this is, Religion, uh, faith is really what shaped her to be the woman that I love. Uh, on the flip side, my my understanding of the church is very, very minimal. And out of context, you know, me going to church once a week, sitting through an hour of mass, listening to people sing songs that mean nothing to me, and watching people go up and eat the cracker and then leave, like, that really is very meaningless to me, which which is why... You know, I it, it frustrates me when I'm told by people of her church that I, I have to do this. It's you know, I and I, I think I told you this, Tan, that when I met when I met her priest for the first time, the first thing he said to me is, "When you when are you converting to Catholicism?" It, it's just it, it's just the way that it said it was said to me was like, "Your life is is meaningless. You're you know you have you have no direction." Your parents raised you to be some fucking animal, uh, which is why you need to come over as soon as possible to make things right. I so, think that's. I think that's really unfortunate that uh, that was the message that was given to you. Uh, not all priests, Catholic priests, are created equal, and <laughs> most definitely, I can tell you, uh, with the strength of my Catholic education from preschool through grade twelve that Catholicism is based on faith plus good works. So we need to have both. You can't just simply say, guess what? I'm a good Catholic because I go to church and that's it, right? It has to be supplemented with good deeds. Uh, that's the two things that we uh, really hold as tenets of our faith. And historically, that has not always been uh, agreed upon. Uh, the whole Protestant movement in the Middle Ages uh, was premised on the idea that you did not need good works, uh, but simply faith alone, which is, of course, a very separate topic. Mm -hmm. And what I'm trying to say is that some priests, yes, and some Catholic people are a little more hardcore about things, and they uh, they essentially might want to say that because someone does not have Catholic faith, they somehow are not on the same level as a person who is Catholic in terms of morality or such. And I've been in situations where my peers who were Catholic felt that way. And it's quite unfortunate. It's, it's really unfortunate. I, I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I'm going to kind of take this conversation to the, to the end of the week. And when, when the priest led the mass, actually, to, to your point, um, at the end of the weekend, the priest who led the mass uh, made a made a point of acknowledging that hey, the people who are here this weekend 
who are not Catholic, I, you know, I appreciate it. And we, you know, we don't recognize enough how hard it actually is for somebody, especially a grown-ass person, to to come to a to religion and have to approach it with an open mind because it it really isn't easy. I mean, you know, younger children, you can tell them to go to a place, and you know, eventually, if they're told to think a certain way, they'll they'll think it. I think for for me, for somebody in their thirties, without much context. You know, it is really, really hard to go these sort of, you know, go to some religious event. And and I did appreciate that priest at the end of the weekend who, who did who did make this comment saying, hey, you know, it's uh, it, it is uh, it is a hard thing to do, and we do appreciate that uh, you know you're, you're doing this. So uh, we we kind of went around this a bit, but let, let's let's talk about the weekend a little bit. A lot of the weekend is almost feels like a seminar. Right. You listen, you listen to, I, I don't know if you had two couples or only one couple leading. We people. had, we had two couples. Okay. Yeah. So we also had two couples who were of the Catholic faith. So these couples lead discussions about the challenges that they had faced throughout their marriage, whether it's topics related to financial, uh, you know, commitment to commitment to the church, uh, you know, what, what they consider family time to be. They touch on all these subjects, and after each individual topic, you would break out individually and then write uh, your feelings on the topic, answer specific questions regarding it, and then you would meet up with your significant other and have a private conversation about these discussions. And I can see how there, there's specific subjects, like you know, money. Money in particular is is an issue that if you are getting married and you don't have a Full grasp of what the other person's debts, um, spending habits, uh, family expectations—you know—all these things. If you don't have a full understanding of topics about that, then yeah, I can definitely see how in the future you would run into a lot of issues in your marriage. Uh, I would say, fortunately for myself and Michelle, and I, I would say you and Helen, we're we're a bit older, so we do have a better grasp of our own financial uh, financial statuses and we're comfortable enough to have these conversations with our significant others as well that you know this th- there were no real revelations when it came to this uh when, when it came yeah. to talking about money yeah uh, same thing yeah we same thing in our uh retreat we they introduced all these topics uh hell and i are in our 30s and we had actually talked about very many of these topics at length already mm-hmm. so for us it was simply a continuation of conversations that we had before going into the retreat right right and, but i remember sitting next to a sitting next to a couple and they had to be you know maybe 20 years old very very young uh i remember one of the questions that's asked is you know what what are your assets and the, the couple that was talking next to they were like like what's an asset? <laughs> and I and I laughed. I, I laughed myself because like oh you know these dumbass hillbillies. But then I thought about it. I was like when I was twenty, did I really have an understanding what an asset was? Like did I like did I know what I did I know what I even owned? Probably not, right? I mean at that point I was probably just focused on going to school. So I, I can totally understand how you know discussions in particular about money would be an important to ha- have, especially for younger couples. 
um, definitely see the value of that. Um, you know, some of the other topics that were covered included uh, sex life, which was very awkward for me because the two uh, the two couples giving the presentation were well, one of them was probably in their like mid to late forties, the other one was like in their eighties or something, and the couple in their eighties was the one that actually gave this talk. So my my uh, hosts or the presenters were also a similar age. Uh, the couple in their 60s uh, were also pretty open about their sex life. And I think it had a lot to do with the guy. The guy seemed to be a sex machine and loved having sex. <laughs> and that's all he wanted to talk about. Yeah. It was, it was, actually, it was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed it, to tell you the truth. Uh, and uh, it, I think, the, at least from our uh, couple, they... The, the contrast that they were trying to build was the fact that the woman was particularly uh, conservative when it came to sex, mm-hmm. and the man was very outgoing and open and experimental, mm-hmm. uh, and we take that for what we will. And <laughs> I think they were trying to kind of, one, I, 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 from my point of view, it lightened up the mood because the guy was very funny about presenting the dilemmas. Mm-hmm. And without going into any specifics, mm-hmm. and he uh, contrasted that with his wife's very conservative morals and uh, desires, and so trying to work through that was ultimately a very uh, helpful exercise because their conclusion was, "I love having sex because that's how I express my love for her," and she didn't necessarily see sex that way, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So there was actually a purpose, at least in our retreat for the sex talk yeah honestly i kind of zoned out of mind because i was just (laughs) you know it's very interesting because i also zoned out after a while for these guys uh talks because at some point i just said man just stop talking so that helen and i can talk about our personal uh lives and our situations i really don't need you to help guide me through these prompts just give me the prompt and we'll talk and then we'll be done Mm -hmm. right right i mean it and that kind of takes me to the presenters themselves. I mean, do you think that they really provided much value to you communicating? I mean, could we have really just read in a book like, hey, this is how you have to communicate? Or if we had more someone more of a moderator just sit us down, you know, like almost almost just like a regular marriage counselor, sit us down and just say, hey, like before you get married, you have to talk about this. Okay, bye. Like, <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, Helen and I never really thought about getting a marriage counselor. We only went to this weekend retreat because we were forced to so that we can have uh, the Catholic mass. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about all these things before because we thought it was important for us to know before we get married. And we never really not wanted to talk about it, if that makes sense. We mm-hmm. wanted to talk about these things before going in. We had no idea what the retreat was going to be like. And a part of me was actually really afraid that they were going to try to convert Helen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helen is not Catholic. I have never asked her to be Catholic. If she were to decide to be Catholic, that'd be great. It makes my life easier. Mm-hmm. Though that's not something that was ever a condition for us to get married. Mm-hmm. And I did not want this to be a weekend where they said, oh, by the way, Catholicism is so awesome because you could do this, this, and this. And guess what? The cracker is now more than a cracker, and you can enjoy that. You know. <laughs> So it, 
I, I did not want it to be that way. And I'm actually very happy that they forced us to go through this prompt. Did they need, did we, did Helen and I actually need to do it? I don't think so. I don't think we needed to go through the retreat. And I think it was useful because the forced time made us or gave us time to delve further into topic that we already touched upon and confirmed it. And also it was a nice confirmation that we actually touched on everything that we should touch upon. And I think that was the value of that. So we could have known that just by getting the booklet and flipping through it and saying, okay, good. We talked about all this. Let's mm-hmm. go to happy hour. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of tying, tying the religion aspect into it. I, I, I think for the most part, the, the counter did a pretty good job of keeping things away from, you know, the whole like commitment to God and, you know, what you do with your family and stuff like that. You, you and I did touch on this kind of offline, but one issue I did have a problem with was that the topic of betrothal, which is, they actually defined it in the book, which is betrothal is a public pledge of love and commitment to take practical, concrete steps to prepare for the sacrament of marriage. Betrothal is a deeper part of engagement, one that focuses on your own relationship and how it relates to God, church, and family. So when this topic was discussed and we were asked to separate and write our betrothal pledges, if you will, to our significant others, they actually separated the guys into a different room and then they handed us each a bunch of roses as well as a pack of tissues. And they're like, okay, this is, this is you know, what this whole you know, weekend has been built up to. This is where you, you know, commit yourself. This is when you, you know, tell her how much you love her, you know, make a commitment to how, how you're going to show her you love her over the years. Like, it's supposed to be like a really big, like, romantic moment. Expect tears. Expect, you know, a really uh, touching kind of... Revelation moment. Yeah, exactly. Or revelation almost for each other. And to me, like... It, it just felt empty uh, for a couple reasons. I, I think first because I feel like I made these commitments when I proposed, right? Like when you when you ask a girl to marry you, you're basically committing to be this to be this person that's going to care for her the rest of her life and you know do whatever it takes to make her happy. Blah blah blah. Uh, my second problem with it is you're you're making this commitment to improve your relationship with God and church. Well, if you don't believe in either of these things, then you know what, <laughs> you're not really taking that, that extra step. So while the, all these couples around us were sharing these feelings, tearing up, um, you know, kind of holding each other and, and enjoying this really romantic moment. Like I, I literally wrote in my book and I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I wrote disclaimer. I don't know the difference between betrothal and engagement. <laughs> to me, the engagement was already a pledge to be better and commit myself to you. We are constantly working at being better every day. I wouldn't make this commitment if I didn't understand I would have to be there for you and to grow with you. Uh, so I, I think Michelle understood where I was coming from, but it, it is a little disappointing when, you know, you, you're, this, this moment's been built up and, in the end, it, the words that came out of me were just more empty. And I mean, granted, they were honest, but it just the uh, I, I should just the feeling wasn't there. So, well, I mean, I I think you might be taking yourself a little too hard, and you might also be 
preaching to the choir in the sense that I also don't really understand the difference between betrothal and uh, engagement. When you mentioned that aspect of the retreat to me, I really could not remember anything. We actually also had a uh, part where they, probably in the same uh, part of the retreat where they gave the guys the rose and we were supposed to write these things down and tell the uh, girl that we love them so much and this is what we wrote down and here's a rose and and I'm sure it is supposed to be very uh, emotional but I suspect that it might be very emotional for say that 20 year old couple in your retreat where they had no clue what an asset was we can perhaps infer that maybe they had no clue about what their thoughts on children were, what their thoughts on their career was, and what their thoughts on how their career would mesh in with their future family life and mesh in with their actual money habit spending, et cetera, et cetera. Right? That I think that might be something that is very new and eye-opening for a very young couple who might not have fully thought this out. Right? You and I are in our 30s, and we kind of have our age together, so you know, this this comes to no surprise. Uh, like I told you, you know, when I look at this page, I was doodling, and <laughs> I I really don't recall any of this part. I do have I do read my what I wrote down. It's like some nice stuff and some nice words, though. I think a part of it is actually just me being used to writing all of the ways in which a Catholic person writes in this sort of setting. Uh, for lack of a better word, it might just be all fluff, sure, uh, mm-hmm. but it's nothing that Helen wasn't surprised. She knew everything I wrote down already as well, mm-hmm. and I can definitely recall, at least for myself, and I'm sure Helen felt the same way, by the time this happened, I'm sure it was Saturday night, and all we wanted was the certificate from the retreat so that we could go home. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it might just simply be a function of, one, you and I are at a stage of life where we kind of know what it takes to be in a committed relationship. So therefore we've gone through all the topics already beforehand. And this retreat is simply very comprehensive just in case you have like your 20 year old guy at your retreat who may need a little more guidance and a little more nudging uh, to think about things that he and his wife probably did not talk about. I also looked into betrothal though. I googled it because uh, it I I was wondering if perhaps maybe I was zoning out and I didn't acknowledge that there was this is a very significant part of the retreat or maybe your retreat session really emphasized this part mm-hmm. and it seemed like perhaps me in the past perhaps this concept of betrothal plus engagement plus marriage like those three stages actually might have been very significant in historical Catholicism. This is now this is me just supposing because I Googled it. And <laughs> I, I I literally had no concept of a separate stage of betrothal plus engagement plus marriage. To me, betrothal slash engagement was synonyms essentially. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I really don't have an answer for you. I think you and I are on the same page and the Rose thing was quite nice at the retreat, though it, I, n- neither Helen nor I cried. You know, I think it would be really funny if, uh, you know, you got the rose and tissue thing uh, for, for a different section. Like when you talk about sex, it's like, yeah, all right, 
now that you're done writing about your sex lives, bring bring over a rose and a bag of tissues, and uh, I'll, I'll let you figure out the rest. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I definitely think that you know that that was one part, and I actually wrote this in the comments that you know, they they do have the potential for alienating your you're non-Catholics if you don't have a full understanding of what some of these words actually mean. I mean, you know, even writing it on paper, it, like they define it, but, you know, if I hadn't had the full lifetime to really think about what this meant in the context of the church, then, you know, I, I think some of these words I'd be writing out would be pretty empty. Um, but I, I did want to talk about one other thing, and I don't, I don't even know if this was brought up in yours, but... Uh, did you guys talk about the five love languages? We did. Okay. We did. Yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. And I, I think uh, for, for the listeners out there, it's some writers slash psychologist has, uh, has a theory that people, um, it's not that people express love, love in different ways, but people feel love in different ways. And there's five different kinds. One is uh, receiving gifts. One is receiving compliments. One is receiving act. Uh, I forgot how it was worded exactly, but it's like receiving actions, which you know it's, it's not getting a blowjob. It's like you know getting like you know when somebody like does laundry for you because she knows that you hate doing laundry, something like that. Or um, blowjobs. Or blowjobs. <laughs> and then I forget the other two were like um, physical touch was one of them, and then oh time, time together is the last one. So. Mm-hmm. People do pers- these personality tests so that they understand, okay, how do they, like, like what makes them feel, feel loved, essentially. And th- this was actually really interesting because the, it, it brought up good examples of how two, two people in a relationship could be thinking that they're showing love in all the right way, but if the person on the other side isn't receiving it in that way, then the marriage might not work. Just, you know, just because the intent is there doesn't mean that it's understood. Yeah, and they touched the base on that too. I uh, kind of zoned out on that part as well. <laughs> no, I, that's really just my bias. I, I, When people tell me about personalities and things like that, I generally acknowledge that that's true. And yeah. when you are summarizing all these things, uh, aspects of communication I said oh yeah that's true I remember all those things and perhaps I probably should uh, look into that and make sure that is also something I keep in mind gotcha okay let's go to the final question did you did you think this retreat was worth it I grudgingly think it is worth it I, I do it it sucks it's I thought it was going to be a waste of time. I showed up and it turned out that there were a bunch of people who were generally in their 20s and 30s who also were probably thinking it was going to be a waste of time. And we ended up actually having a good time. And it was quite useful to go through all these topics, even though Helen and I had touched base on many of it already. So for those people who have not touched base on any of these topics that Emil and I talked about, I think it's extremely worth it, even if we're not Catholic ourselves. Mhm. Mhm. I I still don't think it's worth a whole weekend. 
<laughs> I it, it's and, and I think it should be one of those things that if you're you know if you're an older couple like you shouldn't have to go through the same kind of lessons that a twenty year old couple would would go through or an eighteen year old couple you know they, they there's just so many things that you've already figured out about yourself and you know you you've learned to communicate to your significant other as you've gotten older that. You know, something that took a whole weekend to to get a 18 year old couple to understand, like really could have been condensed down to eight hours. You know, just just a one day session um, w without the you know without the moderators like going too deep into their own lives. I mean, granted, you know, the moderators, the the two couples were amazing people, and they they did have some a lot of challenges that they had overcome, and they told very compelling stories, but in the end, you know, my my thought is, well, no, that really applies to me, so <laughs> it doesn't help me much. <laughs> well, sign me up for your eight-hour seminar. I will, I will go to that one, as long as you give me a certificate as well. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't need to have to drop $500 and spend the whole weekend somewhere when, you know, to, to get the certificate, I think. Definitely could have been uh, condensed down a little bit. But that being said, I hope... Uh, you know, not you know. I, I hate being the the downer in the relationship about about faith, and hopefully one day, uh, you know, the, the the cracker will uh, be more than a cracker to me. And by the way, I obviously can't take communion. Uh, you know, maybe maybe if uh, one day I do, it'll taste like you know steak or something. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> shit, this is this is what I've been missing out on the whole time. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk to my priest so that they'll pass out macarons at, at, our, at our wedding. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get baptized just just so I can have that macaroon uh, macaroon body of Christ. So. <laughs> All right, man. Th thank. Good talking to you, and uh, I look forward to having you on uh, future episodes. Um, thank, thank you for having me, Emil. It's always yep. a pleasure. All righty. Take care, my man. All right. See ya.